0: I'm tiffany and i'm Lindsay. and this is luminal, luminal cocktail, cocktail. <laughs> so this is a true crime podcast um we are going to be exploring some different true crimes than you may normally hear on a typical podcast we're also going to be exploring other aspects of true crime um, like prosecution and mm-hmm. more on the side of why did these things happen and what was the result of them Rather than focusing on the actual crime itself.
1: Yeah, uh, that was really important to me when we started talking about doing a podcast because I do, I I do study psychology, and a lot of podcasts don't include that part as to the why or why even like victims may not be as angry as they should be, or people might have like feelings for killers or murderers and stuff like that. So that was all really intriguing to me. So that's what kind of what we decided. Yeah, I just feel like a lot of
0: what gets people into true crime is having a personal connection to it. Maybe there's one thing that, you know, a friend, it happened to them, or a cousin of an aunt, or whatever. However they're connected to it, don't ask me about that family relation. It just kind of came out. I got one of
1: those. (laughs) That's different from me. Different from
0: me. I have a large family, Lindsay. Don't question it. Okay. Just basically, you know, you're weirdly connected to a true crime in some way, shape, or form. Like the seven degrees of true crime. Exactly. (laughs) Your cousin's aunt.
1: Um, Mine's Tiffany. (laughs)
0: I'm connected through (laughs) Tiffany somehow. Um, Basically, you have this personal connection and you learn more of the emotional side of things. You learn to focus not just on like, oh, this guy did this terrible thing, but what led up to it, the events that kind of led to that person making the decision to do that crime um something else we talked about that was important though aside from those brutal crimes are other things like i said previously like how things are prosecuted yeah
1: and we do plan on doing a later episode on like the actual degrees of murder because to this day i'm still pretty confused on those yeah, there are a lot of things we really want
0: to talk about, especially with, like, legal jargon. Um, yeah. Like, you, they use this defense to get out, and I'm like, that's really cool that they did that, but I have no idea what it means. Yeah, so this
1: is also, like, a true crime 101 class, in a way, at the same time as well, like, diving into serious cases and psychology at the same time. So, that's kind of the thing that we like, and that's honestly what kind of made me and Tiffany friends because we definitely weren't prior to so yeah so Lindsay,
0: super like we super hated each other at one point we didn't even know each other really we were just like it was like young fresh out of high school kind of kind of teenage girl petty (laughs) i don't know who you are but i don't like you
1: yeah and then you know (laughs) tiffany was like i've seen some shit and i'm into true crime and i was like whoa hold on a minute you're into murder how cool and we started drinking and just
0: here now we're we friends are. and
1: making a podcast here we are so. talking
0: about murder and also while we're drinking yeah so what are you drinking uh so right now i am drinking a lovely glass of riscato yes, you're welcome uh yeah thanks lindsay <laughs> out of the coolest supply. wine glass ever it's great. It's a little skeleton hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. It's really put me in the mood to talk about murder, and it also matches you my one of those.
1: hair. Oh, yeah. yeah I just true. dyed my hair rose gold today. Uh, I had a shot of Jaeger moments ago, and I'm on my second cider because this just is really nervous. <laughs>
0: so, like... Uh, We both took public speaking courses online, and we're talking about it, and how, you know, it's sometimes difficult to feel comfortable when you're talking. Number one, you don't know exactly who your audience is, and when you're just kind of by yourself, and you're like, hey, let me say these things, it's hard to say it in a way that can be supernatural.
1: Right, and so this is a really good time to introduce the website that we have, because that kind of can give you more insight into us, and if, like... You mesh well with us, kind of, you know, because you don't always mesh well with podcast hosts. And that's so many times I've stopped listening after one episode. <laughs>
0: just You're doing great for listening to the whole episode because sometimes I'm like, I just can't do
1: this. Yeah, um... and actually we don't really like long intros, but uh, there is a website and it's, if you want to go for that part, you did great last time. <laughs> Um, so basically our website uh, is going
0: to talk about us, it'll have bios, it'll also have previews of what is going to be featured next on our podcast, um, as well as a little section specifically dedicated to like what is tickling our true crime fancy, whether it be another podcast or a news story, or like, hey guys, look at this really cool Twitter thread that seems like
1: super informative, let's check it out. We need to talk about a, a murder that's pretty new and, like, developing right now. What is it? It's, have you heard of the doomsday mom? No, but Pepper I feel mom. sad. So, like, her kids were missing, like, September, and they just found their remains on, like, the father's oh, book. I just saw I think today I on, saw, on Facebook.
0: I saw, I saw a like, little Facebook blurb, and it was, like, remains found, and I was like, oof, that's a problem. This is
1: literally how me and Sophie just communicate. We're like, hey, did you see this horrible crime? Or, like... Just listen to this horrible crime of this podcast. <laughs> Speaking of horrible
0: crimes, yes. Why don't I tell you about one? Yes, thank you. <laughs> um. So this is really the crime that kind of got me more in depth interested in cr- true crime. Like I said, we are all touched by crime at some point in our lives. Um. But I can kind of pinpoint the one where it was I really went more in depth, than it was like oh boy, this is super close to home. Uh, At the time it happened, I was working at a large animal vet and there was a house right down the street where a big Italian family lived. Um, They owned a jewelry store in town and had lots of animals. I was like, they're super cool, whatevs, nice. I know so
1: little about this because Alex told me I thought he was joking.
0: (laughs) No, it's definitely a thing um and like i always got weird vibes when i would go by but i was like oh it's just like a big family with a bunch of animals that's probably cool every now and then they would drop by just because we were a veterinarian's office um and they would get manure from us for their garden cuz we had horses on the property um it wasn't until they dropped by a couple times that one of the other technicians there was like hey did you hear about that guy, how he murdered his wife? And I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> the face I just gave you. <laughs> I'm going to need some elaboration on that. Um, so Michael Colucci is currently being prosecuted still for the murder of his wife, Sarah Moore. Um, Sarah and Michael met when they were teenagers, they basically had their first conversation across a backyard fence and kind of saw each other periodically growing up. It is kind of a smallish town. They went to the same high school. What town is this? This is in Somerville. So South so small. Carolina. So it's way bigger now. Okay. Like, but it used to be like, here's Somerville High School. Everybody goes here, mm-hmm. and that's it. And now okay. there's like three high schools in this area that people go to. Understand. Wasn't yeah. here at that time, so, you know. Well, you know. <laughs> it, was, it was back in the day, like five years ago. Anyways, no. Whenever they met, um, many, many years ago. So their lives kind of diverged. They traveled in different crowds. And in 2014, Sarah got married to a guy. She had a daughter named Bishop and open a, opened a medical billing company. She didn't have a ton of fun with that, so then she went into the real estate world. According to all her friends, Sarah was a quick-witted, vibrant, and strong woman. Then, in 2007, her husband died. He was killed in an accidental stabbing. (laughs) So that's a thing. That's how Alex is going to (laughs) go. Accidental stabbing. Frickin' whoops. He ran into my knife 10 <laughs> times. I <had> tripped <laughs> and fell, and the knife just went there. Mm. Um, after her husband's death, she spiraled into a deep depression, and in an interview, she actually described the feeling as a not wanting to get out from under the cover sadness. But she had a daughter to raise. So sad. It really is. Poor Sarah. So she like got up and she was like, I'm going to live for my daughter. I'm going to build a life for her. I'm going to take care of her. Um, and she just really worked hard on her real estate business. And then a few years later, she decided to re-enter the dating scene and was set up on a blind date with Michael Colucci. They describe their relationship as love at first sight. He had a daughter the same age as her daughter. They both had the same, like, small business mindset. Um, her dad even said that when she came back from their first date, she was gushing about how he was the man she was going to spend the rest of her life with, which is super insane because what? <laughs> I don't talk to my dad after first dates about anything.
1: Well, I, I reached out to my dad, but we, you know, more like, <laughs> fucking around. <laughs> different.
0: Not talking to him like a
1: pal. Yeah, no. No. But
0: I think it just goes to show that she did have a good relationship with her family. Mm-hmm. Like, she was super close with her parents. Um, obviously, they had a big hand in helping her raise her daughter and all those um, years when she was a single mom and kind of going at it on her own. Um, so, they had a big role in her life. As I said before, uh, Michael Colucci was part of an Italian family who has a chain of family owned jewelry stores. The business license was granted in the year 2002. Michael. Um, he and Sarah really started working together in 2011, which is the same year they got married. Uh, the space that they were renting to house their building had a loft, and they would bring the girls to work with them. Um, Sarah was interviewed and we'll make sure to link that interview on the website um, as part of a Women in Business in the Low Country article and she got to talk about like, you know, this is these are my beginnings this is how it worked and how everything was so great that they could bring the girls to work when they needed to and they were able to work together kind of cohesively kind of as a family um, Their line's lives were like just super combined in every way possible. Um, Sarah was a leader in their jewelry business. She really helped them expand their services, and Michael is even quoted as stating that Sarah's presence at the store brings in a unique perspective. It's almost priceless to have someone who has such business savvy and has experience owning her business. And then as a woman, to be able to relate to the frustrations that other women encounter on a daily basis. Sounds like it. Which, like, fair, but kind of less impactful coming from him (laughs) at this stage. What? (laughs) Everybody said that they had the perfect relationship. They were, like, super happy. They were in love. It was just women love birds all the time.
1: You could tell Until it was feels it. about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: just saying. I've seen the end result. <laughs> Until a few years later. After a few years, things kind of settled down, and suddenly people were like reporting that their relationship would run hot and cold. They'd be angry at each other one second and in love with each other the next second. And everybody was kind of like, I don't really know what to expect on... Any given day Sarah's mom talked about how she knew her daughter was struggling but wasn't really sure exactly what was going on until Wednesday May 20th of 2015 Sarah called her mom and just told her it's drugs she didn't give any more elaboration she didn't say whose drugs what was on drugs what the drugs were nothing just it's drugs um, what she did tell her mom in that phone conversation is that she planned to leave Michael. Hmm. Um, her daughter was scheduled to go on a field trip that she was supposed to be chaperoning and then have her fifth grade graduation. Their plan was to get through that, and then she was packing their shit and leaving. And that was going to be the end of it. It was just going to be a clean
1: break. My parents told me similar things as well as growing up. Since <laughs> I turned 18, they were going to get divorced. divorce. They were joking. <laughs> <laughs> They really
0: they, did. I was going to say. Um, no, I was 18, though.
1: A little, little later, but yeah. Mm. They were like, we got to stay together for the kids. For the
0: kids. Do it for the kids. No, don't do it for the don't kids. Don't do it for the kids. <laughs> That's a bad excuse, guys. Um, yeah, so her plan, she's like, I'm getting out, gotta go. Good for her. End this, right? Well, within hours of getting off the phone, Sarah was dead. Oh. Yeah. How's that for a sharp turn? Michael called 911, stating that his wife was gone. When authorities arrived to the scene, um, which was a warehouse that they used for their jewelry business, she was laying with her body on the ground over a part of a hose with distinct grooves in her neck. Michael told his first story. Note that I say first story. That she needed to use the bathroom, which is why they stopped at the warehouse. She was just going to run in, go potty real quick, and they were going to go on about their day. You said go potty. I said go potty, okay? <laughs> you can say that all day long. I know. They literally asked permission to go potty. Can I'm I please
1: like, go potty, yeah. Miss Lindsay? you can go potty.
0: Well, she needed to go potty. Good for her. You gotta, you know... You gotta go sometimes. You got um, So they stopped there. Michael said... That he waited in the car for the length of two songs while she went inside. And when she didn't come back, Mm -hmm. he got up to investigate her, where she was. And that's when he found her. Mm. Later, story number two came around. Ah, Story number two is similar, except that he was sitting in his car waiting for 30 minutes before he checked on her. Which, like, sir... That is a long time. What do you think she needed to do in the bathroom? Good lord. (laughs) Because that's super normal. Like, if we stop somewhere and you're like, I need to go potty real quick. And you go inside and you're gone for 30 minutes. I'm like, Lindsay has gotten abducted.
1: If I was gone for... 30 seconds out to be like she's dead because I don't use public restrooms we don't stop on 8 hour drives to Florida like he's like oh, she's gone she's dead we just move on and
0: that's the story of how Lindsay died (laughs) seriously (laughs) you are from Florida so the math adds up thanks (laughs) appreciate basically 30 minutes cray cray before he checked on her um, at that point, he claimed that he had no idea who could have done this to his wife. Though, it is worth mentioning that he also, around this time, floated that maybe it was suicide. Which seems like an odd suggestion. This is why it's always the spouse. <laughs> it's also worth noting that at this time when the police arrived, Michael had a bloody lip and had fresh scrapes on his knuckles and arms. Not good signs. No, those are those are bad. Why would he have a bloody lip and scrapes from sitting in his car waiting on his wife to come back from the bathroom? Seems a little strange to me. Um, later, when he was talking to Sarah's mother, he actually suggested that maybe she tripped and the hose got caught around her neck, strangling her to death. Like, oh, she tripped and fell. What it, you just right. <laughs> Exactly, like, mm, she tripped and strangled herself with a garden hose because she's not a grown-ass woman who wouldn't, that wouldn't. She just walked do. into the hose. Like, did they, like, leave it hanging up? Did she, like, Superman through there? I just really want to know what his, like, thought process was with that suggestion. Uh, medical experts couldn't agree on the circumstances of her death, of course, um, her uh, method of death was asphyxiation, but they couldn't determine whether it was from choking or whether it was from, like, the garden hose. Um, All of that being said, there was enough circumstantial evidence to arrest Michael for his wife's murder with all the inconsistencies of this story Um, and, honestly, the physical evidence that tied him to the scene. He was the only one that was there. Um during the trial Michael's lawyer didn't pull any punches in his defense uh, basically they brought in a ton of witnesses to talk about how the couple was isolating themselves because their business was struggling and how they seemed to have a relationship that was constantly running hot and cold which they blamed on Sarah they mm-hmm. said that she had like almost bipolar tendencies they didn't come out and exactly say those words but they were like you know she would send him texts with really terrible things intentionally trying to get a rise out of him to make him angry um and that she was the one who was really trying to isolate them um his lawyer also alleged that sarah was suicidal or you know maybe she did trip and fall and then gave up is what they suggested
1: they also this is not gray's anatomy right. They why you don't also fall into a garden hose and die. They also
0: specifically suggested that she maybe strangled herself with the hose. Which, if that was the case, why wasn't it around her neck when they
1: found her? Okay, so I'm confused because like like she was just pulling it tightly, like she tied it around her neck. Because, like,
0: they say that when she was found, she was laying on the ground and a part of the hose was under her. But not uh,
1: tied or anything. Right. Okay. But maybe she did.
0: Um, They also pulled out the toxicology report saying that, you know, she was drinking. She did have alcohol in her system at the time. And she was on Xanax, which, you know, makes you suicidal apparently.
1: Yeah, I can not confirm that. That that does happen. (laughs) Oh, no.
0: It's not wrong, but... But, like, also, here's my (laughs) thing. You don't kill yourself with a garden hose. Well, no, here's my thing with that. My thing with that is, like, the fact that they're like, mm, she's drinking it on Xanax, and, you know, she's just on these illicit drugs and these terrible substances. I'm like, what if she had a prescription for that Xanax because her husband and her business was stressing her the fuck out?
1: I mean, yeah, also most of the time Xanax, if it's prescribed correctly, isn't... Yeah. It's not enough to make you want to strangle yourself with a garden hose. Yeah. Also, I got problems with that because if she were just like pull around her neck, she would just pass out at some point rather than like dying. Like right. She would like lose grip and pass out, and right. That's it. Right. So I'm confused to how that it, it wasn't tied around her neck when they found her. That's exactly that doesn't make any sense. I mean, unless the police
0: reports are not factual, which <laughs> is problematic in and of itself. Yeah um also random fun fact Michael never had a funeral for Sarah of course not (laughs) he had her cremated and waited six months before he picked up her remains six months yep he was just like alright let's have her cremated I'm going to just leave her right
1: there for now. Okay, if I'm found dead, mm-hmm. you, you, and Alex doesn't pick up my remains for I'll six months. Pick
0: up your remains. Oh, you pick
1: me up also. Will you go after him hardcore and yeah. solve my murder? I'll be okay, like, cool. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to be like, listen,
0: this is highly suspicious. I'm going to go Nancy Drew. And then he's going to be like, oh, no, she did it herself. And I'm going to be like, all right, you're full of shit. You're Alex voice. It's not a good Alex voice. It's just my general, like... I know, it's I'm funny. I the murdery boyfriend voice. Um, oh thank you for investigating further. I will. Thank you. I guys. will. I appreciate it. Um, so, Michael's jury had the option of convicting him of murder or voluntary manslaughter. The mm-hmm. difference being malice versus passion. So, murder would be he went there with the malicious intent of murdering her. Uh, manslaughter being, like... It was just a fit of rage. It was a passionate killing. He got
1: pissed off and snapped and killed her that way. We actually have an episode on crimes of passion coming up as well. So we'll get more into that later. Woo. Yeah. Uh,
0: the jury released him from the charges of murder, but they couldn't come to an agreement on the charges of manslaughter. Um, they deliberated for quite a while before um, telling the judge that they were deadlocked and would not be able to make a judgment so that was judged as a mistrial that was in 2015 and five years later here we are in 2020 they still have not been able to come to a judgment recently it was filed with south carolina courts that proceeding should pick back up later this year
1: that makes sense yeah with everything
0: currently i mean like (laughs) you know me. Yeah, fingers crossed, because this, like, it's just, it happened so long ago. And the fact that they haven't come to any type of real consensus on it, mm-hmm. um, Michael is still insistent that, you know, it was just a freak, random, crazy. So he's concept. out right now. He is, last I heard, I saw one report where he was out and then I saw another report where he was in holding, so oh, I'm not I gotcha. sure exactly where he is, because mm-hmm. I've read conflicting reports. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I do know is that Sarah's daughter, Bishop, is now living with her maternal grandparents who... I forgot about the kid! Yeah. <laughs> oh my like, goodness. her dad was killed in a fucking accidental yeah. stabbing, and then her mom has this happen. So I'm like, that poor kid. So, like, I was wondering if there was any, like, anything so about So, how her. old is that kid now? She's a teenager now. Okay. Um, and actually, she's super active in her church, and she even has videos on YouTube. Good for her. Where she, like, talks about, like, you know, these are the struggles that I went through in my life. These are the people Ooh, that specifically supported her. me. Um, she even has, like, a video on YouTube of her singing the Demi Lovato song, <laughs> Warrior. Which I'm like... She's, she's a cute teenager, and adorable. she's really just, like, taking it like a champ, which is insane, because if that happened to me, I would be not in a very good place
1: mentally. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so, we'll see. Um, also, fun fact, one of Michael's relatives shot his wife in the face. Jesus. Outside of their jewelry story, too. So, wow. I'm just saying... Maybe wives in this family should rethink some life choices. I mean, it's, like,
1: men in my family, like, mostly a female-oriented family, and we just... We just... We get with people, have babies, and then we just get rid of those people. Just burn through them. I'll let Alex know.
0: <laughs> in case he doesn't.
1: I mean, I'm breaking the habit, obviously, but the cycle of abuse, it ends with me. Allegedly. But, yeah, so... So that's definitely something we will be updating whenever we need to on the website because it is, like, a developing story. So, yay. We but yeah. get to,
0: yeah. That was, that was the one I just, like, I remember the feeling whenever um, the girl I was working with was like, oh, yeah, this little tidbit. And I was like, great. So did you ever I meet was, those people? Yeah. 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 Did you get, like... So, so there was this one guy who was a younger guy, a, he was a nephew, I believe, mm-hmm. um, who would come pretty frequently, and he had actually gone to high school with the girl that I worked with, and I, because I was like, oh, he's pretty cute, and she was like, Tiffany, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you could have been murdered. I, You never know. It's true. Well, so yeah, that's that's the one that kind of sparked the interest. Is it really? It is, because, like, there had been other things that I'd, like, heard parts, pieces of, but there was never one that I was, like, this is, like, actually personally impacting me, so I'm going to look deeper into this, and then it was kind of like a rabbit hole where it's, like, you see one, and then you see an article for another one, and you just start reading, and you're, like, holy shit, everything is so crazy.
1: So, yeah. Different, but, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I guess that's not... I got more into this spe- like, and speaking like, my grandmother would tell me, like, oh, Ted Bundy killed people, <laughs> so you gotta watch out for strangers. And Adam Walsh and stuff, so I was like, from, like, the time I was, like, yeah. six, like, I was hearing these names. <laughs> like, I asked my mom in the grocery store, hey, Mom, who's Ted Bundy? Yeah, like, ladies like, looking at me, I'm like, I don't know. I remember hearing my
0: parents, like, or, like, adults even just, like, make comments about, like, Ted Bundy,
1: BTK, things yeah,
0: like that. My, and I'd be like, I want to know more about so this, but you won't my tell my grandmother me.
1: literally told me what happened. Like, what, Ted Bundy was, like, in Gainesville or something? Mm-hmm. Or wherever he went and attacked those. I yeah. I swear to God, I was, like, 11 when she told me, and the details she told me, to keep me safe from strangers. Thanks, Grandma. So, so to... Clearly, I have anxiety, thanks <laughs> to my grandmother, for <laughs> telling me all about the evils of the world.
0: Like, I'm not saying it's her fault, but <laughs> she definitely didn't help.
1: Uh, I mean, she helped this obsession. Well, there is yeah, that. know. so... Um... Yeah, anything Yeah, else about yours, or any other mm. fun facts? I mean, or? I don't have
0: any other murder fun facts about that family. I um, uh, uh, Yeah, I mean... Maybe there are more and they just haven't so you, been brought to light. you but. specifically
1: knew them through Like, work. I worked at a vet hospital and they lived up the street. Gotcha. Just trying to be clear. Yeah, so the whole point of this first uh, episode, which we've titled, like, Neighborhood Nightmares, is kind of stories that we aren't really involved in, but definitely knew the person closer than other people. Mine's probably a little bit more further place than yours because mine's like a friend of a friend sort of situation. So mine's on Benjamin Bishop, and so Tiffany's story took place South Carolina. Correct. Yeah. Mine takes place in Florida because that's where I'm from. At the time I was living there, this occurred. You'll probably hear a lot more Florida stories from me because it's just such a wonderful world there. So... Yeah, we will uh, get into mine now. All right, so Benjamin Bishop was an 18-year-old diagnosed schizophrenic who had been prescribed an antipsychotic medication, which he believed was killing him. And this was mostly due to the harsh side effects, which can kind of, like, in this case, he thought he was suffering from, like, cardiac arrest because of, like, indigestion and, like, heartburn, which I didn't realize that occurred, but apparently it does. And so... That same evening that he had started, like, having issues with his medication, he also got into a fight with his mom and and his mother's boyfriend. And that's when he ended up taking their lives with a 12-gauge shotgun on the evening of October 28th. So the fight between his mom mostly had to do with him taking his prescribed medication in addition to him getting employed and paying rent because he was an adult. And there had been some other issues before that. So, like I said, Bishop didn't like taking his medication. Um, he literally, his own words, the medication was killing him. Uh, he even stated that in multiple interviews as well as confessions. And then he described the argument with his mother's boyfriend as a discussion. Now, I don't know about you. That is a false word. Yeah, that <laughs> Seems like it doesn't super fit this. Uh, yeah. Also, when I say I've just I've dis- like had a discussion with somebody, that usually implies I'm arguing with somebody. But yeah. yeah, to each their own, I guess. This discussion involved the laundry. Okay. So I don't, you, you know, moments of I have rage. I don't you. know. <laughs> well, yeah, it gets interesting. So Bishop. In his own words, uh, during confessions, confessions was that he didn't like his mother's boyfriend, Kelly, and just had overall issues with the man. Uh, so, while the like arguments were taking place, as well as the time afterwards, that's not when he decided to kill his mother and his mother's boyfriend. So, he described the events himself in an interview, which I will also link on the website, is that he crept into the attic where the gun had been hidden for weeks, loaded the gun, and after chilling with it for a few minutes, he decided to kill them.
0: Okay. I mean, (laughs) yeah, chilling with some guns. That's a thing. In the attic. In the attic? Yeah. Addict? Attic. Okay. That's what I said. (laughs) Uh, That is definitely not what I heard. I was like, I'm sorry, ma'am. What?
1: Not the (laughs) attic. Um... So, prior to this, uh, Bishop had actually stayed in a rehab for 10 months due to some drug situations and violence towards his mother. So, his mother and her boyfriend feared for their safety when he was coming home.
0: Why was he coming home, then? Because he was all better, I guess. Oh, this just is like a recipe for bad things.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, and so in the past, these like incidents of violence, which caused their fear, mostly had to do with Bishop's attempt to strangle his mother in July of 2011. He was arrested for that, um, but that was in a delinquent charge because he ended up bringing a knife to school. Mm-hmm. So the strangulation kind of got dropped. It was more of like, yeah, you're a juvenile and you brought this knife and also you attempted to strangle your mother. So they all got clumped together. Oh, God. Super common in Florida. <laughs> I, I
0: like that you specify in Florida. I mean. It, like, super common in America. Literally,
1: we have like volunteer centers for juvenile delinquents. They go there specifically because they're like getting community service hours. Like, we How have like. Is
0: it open then?
1: So, it's open to the public and they're like sanctuaries. Like, Skylar worked at one. Oh. Volunteered at one. Yeah. yeah. Vol-
0: <laughs> volunteered that one time at that one place.
1: Yeah, you know, those kinds of things. Which, like,
0: I think those programs are super good. Well, sure. If somebody's at the level to go there, like, non violent offender. And you're like, hey, kids, we're trying to teach you. Mean you mean someone who doesn't bring a knife on a field trip while at school? Slash cool. also try to strangle their mother. Is that too. Things like that, I just feel like maybe you're not best suited for uh, working with the public.
1: Just a thought. Well, because of those charges and the arrest for attempted strangulation, he couldn't pass a background check to buy a gun. Good. Which he... have issues with this, however... So Bishop was denied at the gun shop. Uh, however, he found a loophole by asking a friend to buy it for him, and that's pretty much kind of all you need is someone else willing to. Bishop was literally there in the store as his friend bought the gun. You know what? You know what annoys
0: me about that? Yes. You go, you go to the grocery store, and you're like, "Hey, I want to buy." Like this happens all the time. Like I'll be at the grocery store, and we'll be grocery shopping. And I'm like, let's buy this beer. Or oh, alcohol? Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, I can't mm. buy NyQuil. Right. They're like, mm, I need to check both of your licenses, even though you're not the one buying it, but you're here. So, like, okay. Like, if you're there together, like, obviously. The system is flawed in many other ways. Like, I mean, it can't be policed after they're out of the building. Yeah. But even when they're in the building... Same place he attempted to buy the gun
1: originally. Went back to the same place with a friend. The friend just bought it. And they weren't like, hey, I remember that dude. He wanted to buy a gun but couldn't pass a background check. Nope. Do you want to know why he wanted a gun, though? Why he told his friend he needed a gun? Because he was protecting himself from gangs.
0: I'm sorry, what? Yeah,
1: so... (laughs) Literally, I wrote... I can say living in slash near this area of Florida, I never recall gangs being a major issue, especially where Bishop lived, as that is a part of the richer areas in Pinellas County, which is so true. But gangs are everywhere, so... I mean... I don't know. Like, I... I... I mm, <laughs> sir. I don't know. Sir. So, yeah, he claimed there were situations happening with gangs, and so he wanted protection. Uh... To kind of backtrack a little bit, Bishop, I did say he was diagnosed schizophrenic. He actually began experiencing these issues between the ages of, like, 14 and 15, uh, which is when he had his first audible hallucination, and it happened in ninth grade. So, according to his statements, which is definitely a, a schizophrenic episode, he claimed that he was attacked by a ghost. His actual words are, there was something, like, pounding on my back when I had just woken up. It was screaming, and it had two voices and it was speaking in Japanese or it could have been in German. And then I looked behind me and there was nothing there, so I just slowly walked to my door, opened it up and ran outside. Could have been Japanese or German. Yeah. So, I don't know if this is the law here. I didn't even look into it. Um so, in Florida, there's a really like Baker Act law.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't I've never heard anyone talking about it here. Basically, that is, as far as I know, definitely a Florida law that allows for forcible examination of mentally ill, which is what happened to him after a lot of these schizophrenic episodes, as well as violent outbursts. He was detained under that law.
0: Yeah, to my understanding, like, we have a version of that in South Carolina, Mm -hmm. but there's just a lot of paperwork involved, Mm. and it has to be from somebody, like, close to the person, as I understand it. I don't know a ton about it. Um, but I do have a friend who was, like, in a situation previously where she's like, this is a thing that I'm gonna have
1: to do, and... Gotcha. It's, it's a lot. Gotcha. So, he'd actually been, like, held in these facilities four different times in a three-month period. That is just massive. Because that's not showing you that, you know, things are building and... Yeah, also this allowed a, like, a psychiatrist to diagnose him with schizophrenia, Mm -hmm. and then prescribe him the drug. Mm. Which I included, can't say what it is, because it's like Risperdal. Mm -hmm. But like I said, its side effects are heartburn, dizziness, and anxiety. And that's kind of why he thought he was being killed by the drug.
0: I feel like that's a bad side effect. That's pretty intense. Schizophrenic medication. Yeah, but... I mean, you know, gotta find. I don't know a ton about it at (laughs) all, even, but like.
1: Well, actually, like it's pretty interesting because a lot of the time, like, schizophrenia is kind of misunderstood as far Mm -hmm. as like what the hallucinations are. A lot of people think you just see things. That's not true, Mm -hmm. and like audible hallucinations are more frequent. Still, kind of rare. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Sounds like it. So, yeah, he murdered his mom and his mother's boyfriend. Uh he walked in again, walked into his mother's bedroom late at night holding the shotgun and he retold these events himself during confessions and multiple interviews that when he walked into the room he stirred his mother which caused her to ask what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like super like dark room, he can't see but she can. Yeah. He says that she looked right at the gun looked at him. He responded by pulling the trigger and just shot her. Just shot away. Jesus. He, he he fired several times and then actually, like, used a total of, like, eight rounds. Which, I don't think about guns. I feel like it's a lot for a shotgun. <laughs>
0: I don't know a lot about guns either. Like, I came from a family that was, like, very pro-gun. And so, like, I'm very, like, I'm familiar with, like, holding it and shooting it. But, like, I don't know a ton about it. It just like, feels like a lot. It sounds like a lot... Also, that sounds like an excessive number of shots.
1: Yeah, well, that's because he was unsure if he managed to shoot Kelly and kill him. The The boyfriend. That's good. Yeah, so he was pretty sure that he had killed his mother, but wasn't sure about killing the other one, so he just unloaded, basically. Uh, He even left the room at one point and came back in and fired more. Again, just to ensure the death of Kelly at point blank range. So after he murdered those two people mm-hmm. uh, they really just wanted him to do better I mean they like they were afraid of their lives and like they took all the knives out of their house uh, they just wanted him to get a job and pay rent mm-hmm. and take his medication definitely did not get any indication from any of these interviews or like the police reports or anything like that there's anything negative going on from them mm-hmm. also Kelly was. A pretty res- well respected like swim coach in Florida oh. yeah like people loved him thought he was super nice he had spoken with a few people about Bishop's like mental health issues mm-hmm. and their fear so I don't really know but seems like they wanted him to do well and just be productive he called 911 himself and admitted to the guilt of the murder Uh, so, the deputies arrived at the scene at, like, 1.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. They arrested him on two counts of first-degree murder. Mm Uh, again, next statements are his own quotes from a later date in jail while he waited trial. I regret it, because I might get first-degree murder. Also, I regret it because I was just in a bad situation altogether, and I shouldn't have done it. Because of, uh, what happened to them and me. I am so sorry about what happened to you <laughs> as a
0: result of your own life choices. And I understand that when people are on different medications and dealing with mental health problems, that, yeah, sometimes shit goes down. But, like, you what the fuck? Like, you don't get to be like, oh, no, poor me.
1: Yeah, that's kind of why I was like, I don't really follow. But it does make sense because... So, in July of 2013, Bishop was found incompetent to stand trial, so he was then transferred to a mental facility mm-hmm. for more evaluation and treatment. Yeah. And then, the following year, psychiatrists determined he was competent to return to county jail and stand trial. Um, so, of course, the defense attorney, which are just doing their job, right? you know, whether they agree with it or not, said that Bishop shouldn't be found guilty due to a history of mental illness. However, Bishop was convicted on two counts of second-degree murder instead of first-degree and sentenced to life in prison for murder of his mother and mother's boyfriend, which their names are, like, Amari and Kelly, during his trial in 2015. So, justice, sure, but...
0: At what cost? Right. Also, like, I'm sorry, I'm still hung up on, like, how he's lumping himself in with his victims for pity.
1: Well, I mean... He's sick mentally, and that's that's the reason why he did it, and yeah. now he's lost his, like, sucks. It's just a shitty situation. It is. Uh, definitely, again, I don't really know if, like, any of the adults in that situation, beyond calling 911 and having him, like, Baker acted, like, if... Mm -hmm. Anyone set up any appointments because it's definitely something that should have been followed up. Yeah, followed up and regulated. Mm -hmm. And if he was having such severe side effects, um, like honestly, that is what caused it. So, like, I'm pretty familiar with this case because not only does my current boyfriend, well, knew this person, my ex boyfriend at the time knew this person, and actually was the person who was asked by Ben himself to buy the gun. Oh, no. Yeah, like, he actually asked if he could go to, like... Like, F- he asked Skylar. Yeah, he asked Skylar, would you buy me a gun? Like, he needed a gun. No, and Skylar said... No, obviously. Wow, that might be the most intelligent
0: thing that he's ever this done. This kid
1: almost went to, like, like the Hollow Scream thing we went to. He almost went to one of those with us. Like, I almost met this guy... And then, like, Oof. I mean, this took place in October, so that's the same time that event happens is October. It was just, like, days oh or weeks prior to that, yeah. And he definitely did seem normal. Like, I saw the messages, I heard phone calls, like, he did not give any indication that he was... On the edge. On the edge, or even schizophrenic, really. Like, I don't yeah. think anyone knew that. Yeah, like... But he does talk about, like, while being, like, in the gun shop, he hugged an attractive female that was in there, excited about buying her first gun to protect herself, and he elaborated a lot on that. So, like, I mean... Yeah, I mean, like, there are things going on that
0: just probably can't be understood on a level that, like, we're able to, like, fully go into. Oh, yeah, clearly. (laughs) Because, like, honestly, I'm just, like, I know I'm struggling to wrap my head around, like, the connection... Between, like, I'm having side effects, these medications are killing me.
1: Well, so he took it as, like, his mom is making him take his medication, therefore mm. she's trying to kill him. Okay.
0: Okay. That makes more sense to me. As much as it can. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, it's one of those things that, like, we're probably not going to be able to fully grasp. Like, no. in a way of, like, I can see where you're coming from, because No. But that's because our brain works differently yeah. than his does. Also,
1: schizophrenia does give you a shit ton of, like, paranoia and just mistrust and all that kind of stuff, in addition to any of the other things, like hallucinations, which I can't imagine.
0: No. there's so many things about, like, schizophrenia that I'm like, I can't... It just varies. Uh, right. Like, I feel like it's a really broad term. Once again, like, I don't yeah. know a ton about it, but it feels like it's a super broad term...
1: I mean, I know when I took my antidepressant, which was, like, not, like, non-habit-forming or anything, I had no appetite, I was sick to my stomach, Uh like, definitely was uncomfortable. Yeah. I can only imagine, like, how intense a drug has to be to assist in... Right. Schizophrenia. Right. I'd imagine, like, they're pretty intense. Doctor definitely should have been involved and contacted, but... It's, it just—it's really fascinating that he just went up and, and just sat with the gun and then decided. Yeah, all of, had nothing also, to do with the argument.
0: All of the thought that went into the situation as a whole, because yeah. when did he buy the gun? As far as like, did he buy the gun before he's like, my mom's killing me? Um. So from what I read, he bought it. He had it for weeks. Okay, stashed and then away. He was like, "Let me buy a gun. Let me keep this kind of." Yeah. As a stash to protect myself whenever I need to. From gangs. From the gangs. I don't know. I I And then.
1: (laughs) It's such a rich area where he lived. It's just. I can't imagine. I really can't imagine. (laughs) And I was from the poorer parts. (laughs) Like, there weren't a lot of gangs. Like, it's not like it's L.A. Like, you don't. That's (laughs) not. I mean. I'm I'm sorry. It's true. though, like. It just doesn't exist. I mean, it it
0: does. But. I mean, I'm sure it does because.
1: Not to that extent, though, where, like, just a normal person that's, like, walking down the street needs... Right, like, are you prepared? Like, are you involved
0: in some way with the gangs that you right. feel like you need to be protected? Because that I can 100% agree with you from, like... I feel like if it was an area where it's, like, there's high gang activity, you're going to see it in the news, like, random drive-by shootings or... No, yeah, and, like, literally in my Middle School... gang activity
1: we, we and... We had a walk-in... We, we were not all allowed to leave the school because there was gang activity happening on the streets nearby. What? Yeah. And I, I lived uh, and attended school in a pretty nice suburban area. Yeah. But where he lived, mm. it's like, I mean, it's like Mount Pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't, I can't, I mean, like, are there are gangs in Mount Pleasant. It's like a like down- downtown
0: city yeah that's super fucking rich,
1: yeah, exactly. like you
0: know how every city has like you've got the poor side and then you have the side where all the people with stupid money live. And yeah, I lived on live the poor side the street. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. I lived in the middle of nowhere, so I don't i I really don't know who was poor and who was rich because there was nothing there. yeah, um, but yeah, so. So yeah, so that just kind of gives you a little bit of an introduction to us mm-hmm. and kind of how we approach stories. Of course, like as we go, we'll learn more. We uh, will do so much better. as We
1: yeah get better at this. I mean, yeah.
0: Also, we would love to hear some feedback from you guys. Like you know, if you're like, hey, guess what? Here's this awkward thing. I'm gonna tell you about your podcast that I loved or hated, whatever.
1: Like, yeah, constructive just do criticism
0: it. <laughs> is good. Just throw it our direction, we would love to get some feedback. Or if you're like, hey, this is this really cool story that happened near me, we would love to hear that too. Um, You can send that information to our Gmail, which is luminolcocktails at gmail.com. Or you can get information
1: on our website. There will be a link
0: for it. (laughs) I'm
1: supposed to be plugging this right now. I'm now realizing I was not paying attention. Yeah, so the website is luminalcocktail.com. Um, we
0: also will have a link to our Instagram account
1: yeah. on our website. And the email account as well will be linked on there. So when you click that, it will pull you up to uh, just, just send us an email. Give us a much. shout. Yeah, um, as far as that. I mean, I think we're good. Yeah. The next one, the next episode we'll be doing will be about cold cases. Definitely way more in depth. I don't know if Tiffany started. I'm already finished. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm a
0: procrastinator. Yeah. But I already
1: know what you I'm get doing. You can see my
0: full APA font and oh like my style
1: God. and everything. It's all in tongues. Like, it's great. Mine's
0: going to be like, a multiple page word document <laughs> with, with <bullet> like <laughs> it'll have some bullet points in there it'll have some random like hyperlinks to the side that way if i need to like get more information and yeah. there you go that's what, love it that's, that's who i am
1: yeah so we uh, hope Good you night. guys had fun yeah i don't really know what else to say at the end here okay bye <laughs> just bye <laughs>